Welcome to the Scream Sisters podcast, women who love horror. We're all just misfits at heart. We're running around the city at night, underneath the city lights, oh yeah. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. All right, so hi, this is Misty from the Scream Sisters. And I have James. Oh, how do you pronounce your last name? Lawrence? <laughs> take a stab at it. What do you think? Lawrence? Lawrence? That's a good way. I'll take that. I'll accept that. Yeah. Okay. That's from very nice. one of my favorite movies of all time, Frankenhooker, and from Street Trash, which is also up there. Oh, yeah. He's kind of Weasley in that movie, though. <laughs> But he was cute in it, so, you know, it was cool. Um, we're on the Dorkening Network, so, you know, I have to plug that. And, um, of course, I'm going to start off with the question that I ask every single guest. So, James, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, wow. Well... I'm not a, uh, I'm more of a classics person. I like the older uh, horror films, you know, like from the fifties and the, That's cool. and the, and the forties. I, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've seen Halloween and Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, those are all great movies, but um, I, I like those monster movies. Uh, the, the, one of them, that's one of my favorites is called them about these giant ants. Oh yeah. That, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. That whole atomic bomb subplot and, you know, the, the way that, you know, you don't really see them till the end, you know, what they really look like. And the title was great. And um, I thought that was, uh, I, I would put that up there with, uh, as a contemporary scary movie. Geez, I don't know. Uh, I Would Blue Velvet um, count as a scary movie? Uh, yeah. I, I think it was pretty disturbing and. Oh yeah, you know, and <laughs> it was. Uh, but I, but as for chills and thrills, <laughs> I guess it was. Um, I, I'm going to stick with them, the giant ants. Cool. Yeah, that's a cool. So of course, what do you your know, other guests say? What is the main? Like you know, are they? Is it like is number one Halloween? Is number one like you know? There's there's a lot of. Uh, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh right, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Mosley said, um, 
he was into he said Abner and Costello meet Frankenstein. Oh, oh my god. Well, I'm I'm with him. Yeah. That what is your time, favorite scary movie? Um Evil Dead. But that was kind of a comedy, wasn't it? Not the first one. No. Am I talking about the one with Sam Raimi? Is that the movie yeah. where I just remember there was a woman screaming and an eyeball went into her mouth? Yeah. The that first one. That was great it's still, stuff. It's still considered a horror movie. Yeah, no, but I think I think that's a really that's like the Wizard of Oz of Hollywood of horror films, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, I like a lot of horror comedy. Good. That's that's actually like one of my favorite genres is horror comedy. Like Young Frankenstein. Oh yeah, I love I love that. Yeah. I saw that when I was a kid. The Man with Two Brains, Steve Martin. Yeah. I was really little, but yeah, <laughs> I think I saw it. My dad might have taken me to see it. Well, it's worth another look at if you like horror slash comedy. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, Bruce, Bruce Campbell did something similar. He did The Man with the Screaming Brain. Oh, good title. Yeah. Because I got to see him uh, premiere it out in uh, Boston. Nice. Yeah, yeah, big fan of Bruce Campbell. <laughs> mm. Love that man, he's awesome. But, but look at over your work. I mean, I saw you've done a lot, a lot of both film and TV. Uh, looks like you're still working, so that's that's pretty cool. I'm pretty impressed from you know you're you're a person from Queens, New York. So pretty impressed. You've done a lot of work. Queens, New York is impressive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty impressed that you've done so much work and, you know, you're, you're fellow. I've been, I'm, from... I'm an older person, you know, I haven't been around a long time. Yeah. You're not that much older than me. Well, I took, I took some time off. I stopped acting for about 12 years. Um, I, and my daughter was born. And uh, as with, if you try to make your living as an actor, it's very uh, precarious, you know, you, you, you can do very well one year and then not work at all, you know, so it's very, um, so I took a break for a long time and uh, I just got back into it about five, six years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's why some of the credits you see, it stops at like, uh, you know, 2001 or two. And then, um, you know, I started working again, yeah, about five, six years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, of course, the first things I saw you in was, you know, my one of my all-time favorites, Frankenhooker. You know, it's such a fun, wacky movie. Can you that tell me? That falls into the uh, genre of, of horror comedy. Yes, definitely. You know, what's interesting about that movie is that um, there is no profanity in that movie. There's, there are no, there's no cursing at all. Really? That's right. And um, there is no gore. So it's not like a, an exploitative, like violent film. Yet it got an X rating when it came out because there was some nudity in there that was not acceptable at the time, you know? So, uh, but when you look at it, there's, there's certainly some laughs in that movie, but there's also uh, some social statements uh, that the director makes, Frank Henenlotter about, uh, 
you know, how we treat women, uh, you know, the drug problem uh, yeah. that, that we've dealt with. And this was, you know, back in the 80s in the middle of, uh, I mean, he made a joke of it, but super crack, you know, this super idea. Crack. Well, it's funny, <laughs> but it's kind of like, well, that was a real thing. You know, people were, you know, a lot of people were using crack because it was cheap and it was a big high. And um, so, that you know, and then, then the, my character, you know, gets his comeuppance at the end, you know, for his bad behavior. You know, he's really not a nice guy in, in the movie. You know, he's, uh, he's, yeah. he's, yeah, he's quite uh, skeevy, <laughs> you know, but he gets it at the end, you know, which is great. So it's got a good moral, you know, lesson to be learned. Right. Um. Can you tell me a little bit more about your experience on like, like, how did you get the role? Well, like everyone else, I, um, I auditioned for it, although I did get a phone call. Uh, you know, you had mentioned Street Trash, you know, it's something that I it's like the first film I was in because I was a film student and I dropped out of film school because I didn't know how to do anything else but be in front of the camera. And uh, the producer of that movie, Roy Frumkus, gave me a small part in Street Trash as a doorman. And that kind of got expanded out through a couple different scenes and it got well noticed um, by people. And Frank Hemmelotter was one of the people that saw the movie and he called me in one night. I don't know how he got my number. <laughs> well, this was back in the old days in the eighties and my phone rang and I answered and, and he said, my name is Frank Hennenlotter. I'm working on a film called Frank Knooker, and I'd like you to be in it. And uh, I will contact you as soon, you know, as soon as uh, I, I didn't know who he was. He hung up. I had no idea who Frank Hennenlotter was. I thought it may have been a prank call. Um, <laughs> I never heard. And, and, and I didn't hear from him again for a year. And then a year later, my uh, I had an agent at the time and they said, oh, we have an audition for you. So this movie called, uh, well, at the time, it wasn't called Frankenhooker. Uh, he named it Frankenstein 90 because uh, Frankenhooker had too many red flags with that title. So, yeah. and plus it was a kind of unique title. So I said, Frankenstein 90. He goes, I said, what is this? Why do they want me? He goes, well, the director asked for you to come for the audition. So I auditioned for it. And and I got the role. So, you know, it was uh, the, the casting director, uh, Carolyn Sinclair. Um, it's funny. I didn't I don't know what I did in the audition. She said she, she said uh, you were like W.C. Fields on acid. And I don't know what I don't get that. I, I said, I'm just being myself, you know. Jersey boy. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> what kind of craziness was was it like or behind the scenes? Anything? Um, well, there was there, there wasn't really any craziness. You know, uh, they were shooting two films at once, uh, back oh, really? to back. Yeah, so he was doing a basket case too, oh. and then and then Frankenhooker, and they were going like nonstop. So they were going to, I think there was like four weeks of Frankenhooker and then four, you know, so the, the crew was constantly like preparing, you know what I mean? For the next film. And, um, but uh, now there wasn't, there wasn't really much uh, craziness. Uh, you know, they, um, I thought, uh, I thought it went pretty smoothly, you know, um, 
for, well, you know, the funny thing is, I, I, I guess some craziness, you know, normally on these sort of low budget movies, although at the time, I think this movie was just over a million dollars. That's a lot of money, even today, to, to shoot a film with. Now people shoot movies for literally zero and, uh, and they come out, you know, so you got to, but then they had to have film and rent cameras and, uh, and I was auditioning still and I had gotten cast in a role in uh, the movie Goodfellas. And wow. um, yeah, at the same time. And, and uh, my, you know, I was like, shit, I'm doing Frankenhooker. I, you know, so my agent called the producer and they, you know, they, and so they were, you know, the people from Frankenhooker, they said, okay, it would be good for them if their, you know, actor was in this high profile movie. You know what I mean? It was, and they tried to help me out. So they rearranged their shooting schedule so that I could appear in, uh, in the movie because they, they wanted a week. I think I needed seven days. And so they gave me that time off. But uh, then the Goodfellas uh, film ran behind schedule. <laughs> and so I, I couldn't do it because they were mm. they, they rescheduled it. In the meantime, they people from Frankenhooker shot a lot of scenes without me there so that I could do this. So, uh, you know, they were very accommodating and uh, professional. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think if there was any like, no, there were no crazy stories. Nobody, <laughs> you know, um, no being nobody being rushed to the hospital. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think if there was any kind of um, it just seemed like it was it was a lot of you know, everybody worked hard, you know, we put in full days, you know. Patty seemed kind of crazy. Well, uh, you have to be crazy in order to, to be Frankenhooker, you know. Yeah. Um, Patty's a very uh, interesting woman. And, uh, you know, I really didn't have much time with her, believe it or not, that we only had a couple of days together. And, you know, it's usually her chasing me or me chasing her, but we weren't there, you know what I mean, at the same time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was a that was a uh, a brave role, I thought, <laughs> for her to take on. And she made the movie. She's the star of the movie. And she um, she did that face that I can't do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's hysterical. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that was her, you know her thing and I thought wow you know and uh I I I'm surprised she hasn't really I don't know maybe, I, maybe she just wasn't interested but I thought she could have done some other other work you know or, but uh but no there was no, as a matter of fact we became really good friends like 25 years later because I didn't talk to her for 20 years you know the movie disappeared and then uh younger people you know that rediscovered the movie you know and it yeah. became this huge underground cult thing and then we started doing these uh you know you know uh what was the name of that horror convention up in uh the one that Scaricon. went bankrupt right Scaricon and some other ones you know uh and, and I was shocked hundreds of people you know knew about it and wanted to uh meet us and you know so it was uh it was a really nice ending because for 20 years it was it was gone you know nobody even thought of it and uh, that's i think that's why it's it's a good film it lasted you know um and and i brought up those issues those uh themes of drug drug abuse and and uh misogyny of women and you know what i mean the fact that you know 
Frank Henenlotta wrote something not as just a gag, <laughs> as Frank and as although he likes to tell a story about how he went in to meet Shapiro Glickenhaus, the company, and they would they pitched him Basket Case too, and he said they had another movie they wanted to make. It wasn't Frank and Hooker. It was a it was an insect, a giant insect movie, or a guy that turns into a bug. I don't know what the hell. And they weren't interested in it. And they said, "Well, what else do you have?" And his writing partner and him, he claims they made it up on the spot. But I think that they kind of discussed this idea of Franken Hooker, a guy that it's a version of Frankenstein, but he needs parts to rebuild her. And and they were like hysterically laughing and said, "Let's make that movie," you know. So yeah. uh, you kids out there, always be prepared with several stories in case you you know somebody wants an idea and you got to sell them something because they went for it and uh you know it turned out to be uh a success yeah yeah i know a lot of filmmakers so <laughs> independence of course but but still yeah it's it's on shutter now and people yeah. were like people kept requesting for because they have joe bob briggs on there and people yeah. were kept requesting like every week show show frankenhooker yeah. show frankenhooker and they you know it's funny we're, uh, we're gonna do an interview with him next month uh joe bob uh briggs really on his, yeah he's got a show the last drive-in or something yeah right? yeah but it's not so, on right now uh well i i they're shooting it in august so I don't know. Uh, okay. Maybe there's another season or maybe it's on another network. I don't know. Maybe they're just going to drive me somewhere and slit my throat. You know, I don't no. know. It could be. They're probably doing know. a special or something. So you well, probably, yeah, but you probably just gave me a spoiler. Yay. Oh, good, good. I, mean, <laughs> I want to leak all the information I can. So there you go. There's the spoiler. Uh, but cool. Frank's going to be there and Patty's going to be there and me and we're going to watch, you know, he's going to interview us and you know, cool. that's a nice, uh, nice thing. You know, I bought I a couple of new place. sports jackets from Kohl's. <laughs> yeah. so. I love Joe Bob Briggs. He's great. He's been around. Of... He's, a, he's, he's an old standby. Yeah, he's very you know, smart. And it's funny. He, he gave Frankenhooker a very nice review when it first came out. I don't think he remembers. I met him at one of the conventions and I went up to him and I said, uh, you know, Mr. Briggs, you don't know me. I never met you, but I just wanted to say hello. And, you know, I want to thank you because he was one of the first guys that came out and said this was, a, you know, I don't know if he said it was a great movie, but he didn't pan. You know, there were a lot of people that condemned this movie when it first came out, you know, yeah. and uh, he kind of saw the, the, the bizarre humor in it. You know? Yeah, he does that with a lot of movies and he's a lot. And the person that works with him, Darcy, or her, her real name, Diana Prince, she is amazing. Oh, are you giving some spoilers now too? No, no, I'm just saying that I, I'm just saying that they're really great people. I, I yeah. really like them. I want to meet yep. them in a convention. I really do. They're doing a couple conventions in um, September. I think they're doing a convention uh -huh. in Maryland. I might go uh -huh. to see them. Well, that's always a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm jonesing conventions because you know with uh -huh. COVID and everything, like I missed. Yeah, I missed a bunch of conventions, so I'm like, I need a convention. I need to see my people. <laughs> yeah, no. So is that the first one you're planning on going to in Maryland? Or um, there's one right before it in August. Uh huh. 
in uh, Cherry Hill. Oh, you mean, is that the New Jersey Horicon? No. Oh, no, he does that in Atlantic City. Yeah, I wanted to go to that too, but are you guys- That was the last one I did. We, we uh, Patty and I did one there. He's um, uh, Ryan Weber, his name is, that runs that convention. Oh, okay. Uh, very nice young man. He just, uh, I think him and his wife just had a baby and uh, he knows how to put on a show. He really, you know, knows, uh, you know, gets good guests, you know, um, you know. I mean, he had free salami sandwiches for the guests. And I, you know, I was really appreciative of that. Salami. <laughs> Yuck. Well, I, I ate the bread anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Queens thing. <laughs> It's like going to a kosher deli or something. <laughs> we don't have that many here. <laughs> I found one. I was all excited when I found a kosher deli. I was like, oh my God, I found a kosher deli. I have to order from them. Yeah, I would think up by Boston, there should be plenty of selections. Yeah, there, there's an area in Brookline. I mean, there's Jews in Boston. I know that. Yeah, there are in Brookline. Yeah. And they close, all of them close early. And it's like, I usually don't want to eat until like, like I'll probably order something like after this and like, you know, they'll be closed. So. Well, at least in New York, we've got Katz's Deli. Yes, I know. I've never eaten there before. You could buy a sandwich there and probably have it for a few days. It's, it's you know. Yeah. Because you couldn't eat it in one, you know, they're, they're just uh crazy you know the, the the portions of their corned beef and pastrami or you know stop it james you're making me so hungry <laughs> <laughs> i haven't really i honestly haven't eaten anything all day <laughs> well i had a protein shake earlier yeah i had a protein shake that's it yeah one of those protein i've got shakes. some cold pizza i'm gonna have after this oh cold pizza they have cat. No, <laughs> you need a cat. <laughs> Not gonna eat a cat. No. Uh, well, also, um, well, Joe Bob Briggs did um, Street Trash also. Street Trash was on Joe Bob Briggs. Oh. They did. Oh, that, maybe he um, hosted the movie. I, I guess. Right? Yeah, he hosted yeah. the movie. I think um, his second season on Shutter. That's how I saw it, actually. That's uh, how I found out about it. That's how I found out about a lot of movies. But, from Joe? Yeah, from Joe. Yeah. Any Anything, any experiences you can talk about that? With Street Trash? Because that seems Street? interesting with all of the... Yeah, well, I, I mentioned before, I, I, uh, um, I quit film school uh, and I, I was... Uh, you know, I wanted to be a director and the producer, Roy Frumkus, gave me one line. He said, I want to help you out. You know, we have a part of the doorman. I said, OK. And um, we waited, you know, it takes a long time to shoot a movie. And Tony Darrow, who played the mob boss, and I were, uh, you know, fooling around and you know, fucking around and stuff and insulting each other and having a yeah, you great can curse on the show. You know, we were having a great uh, effing time. We have an effing good time. And um, and then they, they wrote us another scene. You know, we we were improvising and the director said, hey, why don't you use some of this stuff in the in the scene? 
because I only had one line. I think my, my line was like, uh, you know, good night, Mr. Duran or something. It was just, you know, and then it turned into him yelling at me and me yelling back at him. And, and then they wrote two other scenes for us. And uh, yeah, it was nice because we trouble. Hmm? What's that? Then you got into trouble. I did. Yeah. Didn't your character get into trouble? Oh, well, I, I ratted him out to the police because, yeah. uh, you know, I thought they were going to help me, but they didn't. So, uh, but, the, but it's funny because that little storyline to the movie was nice because it was, it was a nice little break. It was like a comic relief break, you know, because there was a lot of uh, very interesting visual effects. I mean, all of that is, that's, none of that is digital at all. That's all. That's all practical. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was, you know, Yeah, I was going to, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. I mean, the special effects in that movie yeah. are very really amazing. Well, Mike Lackey really cool. is uh, one guy you may want to have on your show and, and talk because he's worked in a lot of different, uh, as an actor, I mean, he plays the lead uh, bum in the, in the movie, uh, but he also, uh, you know, was uh, working on all those effects. And um, so it, it was, uh, and, and the, the movie was shot, the, the whole movie is shot on a Steadicam equipment. Really? Uh, the director, Jim Muro, his father uh, bought him a Steadicam outfit. So, th so that movie is in, in essence, his sort of like calling card or resume of his work. He, he became he still is. He's one of the premier Steadicam operators in Hollywood. He, for a while, he was doing every. Um, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? I can never remember. He he did Dances with Wolves. Um, Kevin. Kevin Costner. Yes, yes. He he did all of his films, and uh, he never directed again. But you know, but but that movie, if you look at it technically. It's very advanced and, and very, you know, uh, it's all steady can, you know, all the running shots and, you know, the camera showed off, this, you know, that that piece of equipment and his ability to operate it. Yeah, it was an interesting idea. Alcohol that. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. That brings you. That makes you melt. <laughs> and they all melt yeah, they, it in uh, a different way. The motto was we want to offend everyone. Like, you know, yeah. every religion, every race, every creed, every, you know. It's kind of like a trauma was, movie, but it wasn't trauma. <laughs> you know, I think trauma movies have more of a sense of uh, whimsy about them. You know what I mean? Like tongue yeah. in cheek. I, this was a little too, uh, you know, it was very raw. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it when though. you have a scene of. <laughs> Cutting someone's penis off and throwing it around like a game. It's, oh my uh, God, that was gross. <laughs> but I was laughing anyway. But uh, no, that was, um, you know, another, another interesting film. Like Frankenhooker, I think uh, groundbreaking in some ways that, uh, you know, it, it paved the way for more, you know, uh, to, go, to go even further in, in, in experimenting with... Uh, bad taste and, um, you know, um, exploitation and, you know, uh, so the, yeah, that was, um, that's how I got involved. And from there I got Frankenhooker, you know, and, um, oh, and I didn't have to sleep with anybody up to that point. <laughs> up to that point. <laughs> yeah. Till later. 
<laughs> He's not saying anything. <laughs> so for my kind of movies, see, no, no movies really gross me out. I don't know. Well, I guess, no, I won't watch The Human Centipede or anything like that. Sounds like a great idea. I didn't see it, but. No, I won't watch it. Yeah. People have that reaction. They yeah. don't want to see it or they love it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like Bill Mosley told me about it and I'm like, no, I've interviewed him like three times because he used to be at this convention rock and shock that was local to my area. Yeah. I but, heard about that. Yeah. They, they went out too. But they're supposed to be coming back in some other kind of form. I'm not sure. I hope so, because they were amazing. But uh, let's see. Oh, um, I saw that you are doing a movie with a friend of mine and a friend of the show, James Balsamo. 14 ghosts yeah yeah well i, I did it already um, you did it oh that must yeah, have been fun he's crazy i i, I love yeah, him yeah, yeah. I you love know it's him. funny i uh i never really met him I'm, i've been friends with him on facebook for years but yeah. i never really oh, met him and i know him pretty well <laughs> we were not you know he'd be at conventions and somehow we didn't cross paths but anyway he contacted me and said would you like to do this little scene and this 14 ghosts and uh and because we were still sort of in the pandemic, uh, it was done as a, a Zoom call, you know. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, and, uh, and I, I guess, I don't know what, I mean, I guess it's a takeoff on 13 Ghosts, the William Castle movie, or anyway, Probably, sort of yeah. a Ghostbusters yeah. type. And I'm calling some service that, to get rid of ghosts. And uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was very nice. It was a lot of fun. We did that, yeah. Really and I never funny. even met him. I still haven't physically met him. <laughs> but uh, the funny thing is our lives are so, uh, we like living in a parallel universe because he's from Queens. I'm from Queens. He went to film school. I went yep. to film school. He dropped out because all he, all he could do was be in the, the other kids' movies, you know, the student films. And that's what I did, you know, so <laughs> kind of interesting, you know. He's fun. But he, I, I'm, yeah, he I makes a lot of movies. He, he was shooting, he told me, three films at once. Oh, my God. I, I can't yeah. keep up with him. It's like he's telling me that he's making another movie. I'm like, how do you do it? And he's got one of the biggest tongues I've ever seen. I mean, I'm talking Gene Simmons length. Yeah, I, I, I've seen it up close. Yeah. Oh? No. What kind I of never... a show is this? <laughs> I have, I've hung out with him. He seems like a fun guy to hang out. Yeah. Yeah. After Rock and Shock, we went to this, we went to a after party and we went to this bar that I, this band was playing and they were throwing little baby fetuses. Oh. Rubber fetuses. Wow. And James bought us all drinks and stuff and like we were hanging out and it was myself, my friend Jess and and her friend and we were just like it was the weirdest night <laughs> well aside from the baby fetuses yes yeah and james was like look james was like look <laughs> he brought one up to us and he was like looking at him and he's smiling with his, with that big goofy smile yeah. of his but he's been on my show a couple of times i've Good. met him on 
That's and nice. I've done he's like a, he's a yeah. fun guy to talk to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I've written I'm I have to write a review for the magazine I write for. I write for a magazine called Horoscope, which is um gonna be up and coming. Uh-huh. It's um it's been around for about a year and a half. And mm -hmm. It's an actual print magazine. Nice. Yeah, it's like the next thing, Gloria. Oh, wow. Yeah. How are you talking? <laughs> yeah, but it's independent, so. But we'll 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 be we're going to be doing other stuff besides magazines. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to be putting out other stuff. Right. But nice. I, I help with the PR and everything too. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. People have got to be proactive and do their own work and their own projects, whether it's film or print or uh, podcasts. You know, you, uh, there's, you know, there's so much freedom now with technology and uh, and, you know, the only problem is you need to have uh, motivation and perseverance, which are two qualities I don't have. Yeah, I do. Most of the time, I mean, I've gone through a shitload of bad things, but the past year and a half, but I still struggle on. That's all you can do. Yep. Yep, definitely. Uh, well, I mean, you, you've done a lot of TV, you've done lot of serious roles can you pick a favorite maybe that you've done besides frankenhooker uh well i did um you know like i said i took a, a break so uh from 2015 on i would say uh i did an episode of a show called it was called unforgettable and um Sounds familiar. i did a uh a, a episode of that that i was happy with something different, you know, um, but I guess what I'm really excited about is what I'm working on right now. Uh, it's a That's series. my next question. Oh. <laughs> Future projects. Well, you can cut that out. Yeah, well, uh, what I'm working on now is uh, a series called Crash the System. Hmm. And it's, uh, it's uh, written and directed by uh, Kamal Ahmed. You may know him as one of the original Jerky Boys. He was. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I know you were yep. involved with Jerky Boys. So, well, we, that's where I met him on the Jerky Boys movie, but we became friends. And he's already made five feature films. And, but, you know, a lot of people now are, are, are making series because not that you have an 18 episode, but, you know, four or five shows and, you know, they're in small bites and, Anyway, it's a science fiction uh, idea. I, I don't know exactly how to explain it, um, <laughs> but I do have a, uh, I have a really nice role in this. It's something different. It's um, cool. It's like a regular sci-fi. Uh, yeah, it has to do with um, uh, the weapons manufacturing industry and you know mind control and. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know about MK Ultra, which was a, uh, uh, it was a, the CIA had a program back in the late 50s, early 60s, and then they were drugging 
regular citizens illegally and you know and this kind of picks up on that but how how we can be manipulated through sound and through light and um, mm. and then there's also a a a, uh, a storyline of trying to contact intelligent life which is uh you know uh which you know, that would be in the next season. He did two seasons, you know, one season. I'm in the second season. And um, very so very, cool. uh, yeah, I'm very interested to uh, to see how people accept that. There's some really good, uh, really good acting in it. And um, like it's an ensemble type cast, you know, you, you'll see a lot of really different characters. And uh, I like that. Yeah, and I hopefully it'll be interesting that people will want to watch it, you know, after, you know, one after the other. It's, you know, like uh, a series, you know. Is that a dog? No, that was my my uh, sneaker. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> no, I don't have a dog. Oh, oh, and one other thing I can plug is, um, I don't know if it's going to come out. I did a horror film called The Stay. And um, the stay, the stay, it's called. Uh, we okay. shot that in Binghamton, New York, a couple of years ago, and um, it's an interesting idea. My character runs a, a hotel that's haunted, and um, I lure in these guests because I want to sacrifice the woman to Satan so that I can get yeah. the soul of my sister back. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. I wear a cape and everything. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. So uh, I don't know where that's coming out. I, I know they finished it. and um, But then the pandemic kind of yeah. put a pause on everything. Like for, so everything's like on a year behind. You know. I know. So we'll it see. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. It's like everything's all pushed back. It's like I'm like going to see Black Widow tomorrow, and I'm like, yay, I can finally see the movie. <laughs> yeah. What, two years later? Well, <laughs> yeah, it makes you think, you know. I haven't been to the movies uh, inside a theater, even before the pandemic. I just, you know, everything is so available to you. <laughs> Streaming, you know, you know. I know. I, I, I have been doing that. Like, I, I watched The Conjuring on HBO Max, but... I'm like, no, I'm going to go to the movie theaters for good. Black Widow. That's a I'm good a, idea. I'm a going huge tomorrow? Marvel fan. Yeah. Well, be careful because we got this Elsa storm coming. And really? it's supposed to hit New Yorker between like two, three in the morning. And then it's going right up north. And I, uh, I didn't see anything listed for. Oh, maybe it'll be, I saw maybe rain it'll in be the out morning. before it gets up there. Yeah. So I saw rain in the morning, but I didn't. I'm going at 12, though, like in the new, like afternoon. Oh, okay. So you'll any. probably go before. Yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of flash flooding and, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. But on that, going back to that sci fi series, is that, is that picked up by anything, by any network? No, or well, anything? it's not, it's not really finished just yet. As a matter of fact, uh, I just got a call to do some looping, some dubbing next week, uh, you okay. know, because they're, they're doing the final touches on it. And then it goes, you know, for color, color correction and all of that. And, 
you know, um, my friend Kamal is, is, uh, is an independent filmmaker that is, like I said, he made five feature films. They've all been released, but you know, there seems to be a, there's, there's such a expansion of streaming services and yeah, this idea of, a, of breaking and I have them down all. <laughs> well, yeah. And breaking down a story into five or six episodes is, is very appealing now that, that, you know, people, they want, you know, they want to watch it at home and they want to, you know, and you, you can pause it whenever you like, and you can watch it again or binge the whole thing, you know, yep. as opposed to making a two hour feature that most likely won't even get a theatrical release anymore, you know, and then, you know, DVDs are going the way of CDs and cassettes. So, you know, it's all going to be streaming. So uh, I will never just stream. Behind me, I have like a whole full shelf. Seat. That's all horror. <laughs> it's a whole full shelf. That's a lot. On the top. Yeah. And then I have a bookcase of like just regular, you know, non horror stuff. I will never not, you know, until it's like totally dead and I can't, you know, I can't buy it. Well, it's getting there. You know, I, um, I was I cleaning out an old closet and I've got cassette tapes, hundreds of them. And yeah, there's those nothing I got you rid can, of. they've got to go into the guard. Like I threw them up. There's, you know, there's recordings on here. And, and yeah. so it just moves on and on, you know, to the next technology. And now it's just going to be the remote control in your hand. It's everything's in this, in the air now. It's yeah. I got rid of all my anything and everything you want to watch is on you know, you don't need to, there's something about, I mean, I still own books. I mean, I'm not going to. Oh, mean, I have all, I have away. bookcases. And... But I don't read them and then they sit there and, <laughs> but I, I keep I won't meaning to, I've, I read my graphic novels more than I read my, my, um, <laughs> my books, but I got rid of all my videotapes except for one. I have Buckaroo Banzai, which my soon to be ex-husband got for me, but um. <laughs> And he wanted to give me a VCR before he moved. And I'm like, no, no, I don't need it. Now I'm like, why don't I get the VCR? I don't think VCR. you're going to find one. Maybe maybe at like uh, a thrift store or something. I, I don't yeah. know where you would even, you can't even buy one. I yeah, I, I, I should yeah. just ask him, but he's not, he's going to be like, I'm not going to mail it to you. <laughs> yeah, he won't mail it to me because he lives up upstate New York. Oh. oh, no, he won't mail it to me. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I shouldn't talk about all that stuff. Um, so what made you decide you wanted to be an actor? Or is it the whole film school thing? Yeah, film school. Uh, I wanted to create. I want to be creative, you know, whether you're writing or making it happen or acting, you know. Uh, Do you write? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, in film school, I had to switch to be a screenwriting major because, you know, they, they expect you to make a thesis film in your fourth year. Oh, they okay. don't pay for that. You know, they don't. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that street trash was Jim Murrell's thesis film. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So, wow. you know, uh, and I wasn't interested in the technical aspect of filmmaking. You know, back then they, you actually 
touched film and you you had to learn how to read a light meter and it, and I was not good at it. Sound, you had to have this tape recorder that had to be threaded through and I, I'm just not technically savvy and I, yeah. I lost interest. And so I, I was more interested in, well, what are we filming? You know, what, what is this about? So that's how I got into the, you know, the writing part of it. And um, I did make a short film uh, that I'm still trying to make to a feature called Swirly about a man made out of ice cream. Um, that's got... Um, <laughs> That's got a lot of, uh, I've got a lot of my, my guts in there that uh, uh, I'd like to try and re, you know, and actually make that someday, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've got two that I'm trying to make. Well, one I made in, in college called Attack of the Killer Guidos, which <laughs> was horrible. Mm. And that sounds like I'm, a James Balsamo production. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then one's a zombie movie that, I want to make that I haven't I need like I'm more of like the idea person and I I'm I need like somebody to collaborate with and I had a collaborator but unfortunately he got really busy and now he's making something so I just need another collaborator <laughs> yeah I'm just that idea I'm just that great idea person like I got this great idea and it's just like but the execution. So my my writing is more of the like movie review or the interviews or mm -hmm. that kind of thing. I'm I'm great with that. It's still creating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been published like crazy, but it's all it's all you know interviews and reviews of stuff. Right. I mean, that's, you know, that's what I write for Horoscope. But yeah, I'm still creating. Like I, I did a, uh, like a top 10 list of vampire movies for Horoscope. I'm doing a werewolf one next, which has been taking a lot of time to review because there's so many werewolf movies. Yeah. And there's like a lot of obscure ones and there's new ones coming out all the time. <laughs> Which you, you would think is not, you know, that with vampire movies, there are more, but it's not the case. Right. Werewolves are, like, really, like, the new thing. <laughs> it's like they're like the new zombies. Yeah. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con, is back at Mohegan Sun on July 30th to August 1st. Meet actors and superheroes. Shop for cool stuff. It's three days of Comic-Con fun. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con at Mohegan Sun, July 30th through August 1st. Learn more at Terrificon.com.